Hello and welcome to the show. This week, Blonde and I were guests on Matt Andrews' podcast. Matt is a Gen Zer with an up-and-coming show where he's hosted a good variety of big names like Gavin McInnes, Milo, and others. We talked about our show and the community that's been built around it. We talked faith and the nature of morality. We talked staying motivated in a world that seems like it's heading persistently in the wrong direction. If you like what you hear, and I hope that you will, check out the Matt Andrews YouTube channel and his podcast linked in the description. Thanks for listening and enjoy. I'm just, I just started it. We'll get started officially here in a second. What were you saying, though? Uh, we've just been talking for like six hours a week for five and a half years. That's pretty much, <laughs> That's it. Pretty much Does it. Does it get annoying? talking to each other nah no uh there are some <laughs> it's not it's not annoying it's just you know sometimes you're really fired up to talk about a certain thing and sometimes it feels a little bit more like work like oh i'm not yeah you know i'm not super into this or i don't have a strong opinion about this but you do especially you know. with all the with lately with the covid stuff it's like I have such terrible COVID fatigue. I'm, I'm like, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Yeah, I'm, I feel like I'm the same way, but it's it's still so like prevalent that everyone yeah, like exactly. those videos do better for some reason still, even though it's been like a year, you know. Yeah, well, like, it's because uh, we have to talk. About we it. all kind of know that we're being hoodwinked, but yeah. most most of us aren't allowed to talk about that openly in our everyday lives. So I understand why there's a lot of curiosity and eagerness for people to have some outlet for that on the internet, and that yeah, because I defend. Like, I agree sure. that it does get a little frustrating to keep talking about the same thing and and perceivably losing those battles. Right. Um, but that's one thing that keeps me going is like, uh, man, uh, how, most people aren't even at liberty to talk about this freely right, in their everyday right. setting. Yeah. So and losing the battle would really be us being in a position where we can't talk about it. So I should be happy that I'm fatigued. I true. That's true, because yeah. this probably won't be here too too much longer. You know, the ability to actually, I mean, we're already seeing um, that go away in a lot of cases. Oh, yeah. People are being, you know, wiped off Facebook and such because of that. Yeah. Um, if you mention certain terms that go along with uh, COVID skepticism or something, if you, if you say like vaccinated or vaccine oh, or yeah, we, Our, our yeah. show was banned off YouTube for a week in uh, April because someone sent us a joke about our show and i i assume you're posting to youtube so i won't repeat it because they'll get you uh, our show being a cure for a hypothetical virus of a certain relevance current relevance um right it was a joke about our show being a, a viable treatment for that hypothetical virus and that that sarcastic joke got us booted for a week so what can we talk about on this? Is this air? Is it? Is this recording? This is, is this not live. Yeah, oh, we're okay. gonna. We kind of. It kind of started good there. So I guess. We'll, I guess it's officially started. Thank you for joining us, Matt and Blonde, <laughs> uh, Rebecca. I think your name is something. Yeah. Um. Thank you for joining us. But but yeah. Uh. You know, Instagram is monitoring DMs. Like oh, I. Okay. Uh, the, yeah. The other day, because I got a couple of months ago, I got a message or like a terms of service update or something. And it said they're monitoring DMs, comments, uh, much more than they were before. And I made a joke the other day about how I'm more worried about catching autism or homosexuality from certain people than I am about catching COVID. The, com the whole uh, DM message got deleted and I got a message from Instagram es essentially saying to be more careful. And this well, is just my personal Instagram. I don't post really anything. This is, this is personal family stuff I post on there. But because I, I made a joke in a, in a DM one-on-one -on -one with someone. They saw that and it got and deleted. And that person, Troubling. it's not like that person reported the no. joke. Nope. 
Your nope. Your DMs are being monitored by Instagram. Oh my uh, god. Prob- if I had to guess, it's keywords. Right. Um, if you say something about gays, homosexuality, uh, COVID stuff, you know, I- I'm sure that's more likely to be viewed by Instagram. But but yeah, they're monitoring your DMs now, and um, it's scary stuff. So, unfortunately, wow. Yeah, I haven't heard anything about that, but it doesn't surprise me. Yikes. I suppose. Yeah, I mean, I'd have to find the cert. I mean, I could probably send it to you, but I'm, yeah, I remember got a couple of months ago, I got like a like a whole thing about how you have to be careful what you send in messages now. So it's, and I think there was, um, I think even temporarily they had like a a warning in your messages if someone said something um, that may have been seen as bad by Instagram, used one of those keywords, you, you had to accept to see the message. Like, I think there was a whole little wall there. Temporarily. Oh, I, remember I could that. be wrong. I no, could be wrong, happens. but I think it, yeah, I think it happened. I'm not sure if it's still there because I haven't had it in a while, but, but yeah, the COVID stuff is really annoying at this point. I mean, I do in my community outside of this little show I do, uh, which by the way, you can say pretty much anything, avoid the N word, obviously, but I mean, people, people kind of, <laughs> oh, rats. Jim Goad, uh, deals Jim Goad like mumbled yeah. it on here. Pat Dixon said it in pig Latin, but outside of, <laughs> don't say it like, you know, and, um, but yeah, I do, uh, outside of that, I do like. I'll do event coverage in my community and I'll do Uh like a pretty, I'll do an unbiased job. Like I don't really let my beliefs get in the way. I I covered the George Floyd protests around here last summer. And I just did one um, at a local hospital where the nurses were protesting a vaccine mandate on, Mm. um, on all the hospital workers. And I actually get like that, that part's actually kind of fun. Like, I feel like if I were to just sit here and talk about COVID, I would want to kill myself, but like actually doing that is kind of fun because all of the people in my community, I get messages from people who are very liberal, very conservative who say they like it, but then I post it in our East, in our East, in our town's Facebook group. And the comments are just this nasty, like battle of saying like, screw our healthcare workers and all this stuff. So that's actually kind of fun, but. Oh my gosh, there's going to be a terrible shortage in healthcare workers. I don't know what people expect. Some people are are simply going to say no. And I think that it's going to be a more substantial segment of the population than these people are anticipating. You can't force everybody to do this because of a job. And you wonder how much of that is playing into the the current bed shortage and staff shortage uh, fear-mongering that's going on. Oh, the South is at capacity in their hospitals. Oh, the Delta variant. Are they saying that again? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All that's back. And you wonder... Um, yeah. Do you have the uh, nursing staff to tend to these people? And if you don't, right. why not? Yeah. Uh, it's not a super highly credentialed job. It's not like nurses are going to be like, oh, please blast my immune system and possibly harm my fertility so I can keep my job as a nurse. They're going to be like, fuck this. I'm just going to get pregnant and, you know, be a housewife. <laughs> right, well, the uh, the hospital where I did this at, um, the number going around was that we have over 570 unvaccinated staff there at the hospital alone. Wow. And this is part of a whole system where this uh, vaccine mandate was taking place. So this is That's just great. one hospital. And Do you know the uh, total staff at the hospital? Like what percent I, that I don't represents? Know. I don't know, but it, I don't think it's half, honestly. Like I think it's, I mean, it's a good amount for sure because yeah. it can't be that many, but um, I just know that the number floating around is about 570. People aren't vaccinated as of two days ago. Hmm. Um, I'm sure a lot of people will probably... F- do it now. Um, not, I don't think half of that would do it, but, but it does, uh, it is a good thing that I feel like they will all not comply and they will unfortunately lose their jobs. Hopefully they'll sue for wrongful termination or something, but yeah, it's going to equal a, nor- a nurse shortage and they're going to have to, f- they're already, uh, understaffed in a lot of cases. So they're going to have to fill those positions with people who aren't qualified. So, so what do we have then? <laughs> you know, 
It's going to be so funny. This is going to be an epic disaster. I can't wait. It is. Well, but unless perpetuation of a crisis is the aim, and then it's actually a success of sorts, depending on how you're coming at this. Right. I mean, they're appropriately incredulous. You have to think, why are they trying to force a vaccine on a past variant? Uh, It's not going to protect you from the Delta variant. Uh, So so what's the plan here? Even the booster vaccines they've proposed are not going to to prevent potential infection from the Delta variant or successive variants. So why are they doing this? To protect. I don't know. We've talked yeah, about this yeah. to protect. They're looking out for you. Obviously. <laughs> right, right, right. It's more insidious than that. I, I really believe that this is some kind of population control mechanism and that we're going to see major health problems pop up in two to two to five years. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah. My, my grandmother swears it's a, uh, it's a means of, stopping uh, population from continuing on or mm. what is it repopulating yeah because mm. uh because something about how bill gates had said years ago about how we need <laughs> to slow down repopulation or something base I, granny uh, right there it's so right. funny how bill gates is uh I, i'm not huge on the like bill gates conspiracy theory stuff but anytime someone name drops bill gates in a critical way that's a cue to me in a social setting like okay you're cool or like you're not yeah. you must be kind of cool <laughs> If you're if you're woke or hip to Bill Gates. Yeah. You know, we kind of understand each other, you know, so it's funny how he's become a a signal like that. That's true. I mean, he may be the most single most dangerous person on Earth. Hmm. Do you think so? Yeah, I I think he's trying to institute widespread population control. Perhaps he's been doing it his entire career. He has shitloads of money and influence. Who else that has that kind of money and influence? That's voluntary. Which makes it right. even more um, Bezos probably and, and yeah. some others. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, Bezos doesn't seem like he's as politically motivated though. No. Yeah, maybe not. Like he seems less interested. If I ha- I mean, somewhat, obviously, but I think Bill Gates is definitely more into that stuff. If I had to uh if I had to put that on one of them, it would definitely be Bill Gates. Hmm. Agreed. Yeah. But uh I got a huge thank you to Chris who watches my channel. He watches your guys' channel and he oh, yeah. he uh he actually reached out to you guys. On behalf of myself, he actually had a question for each of you that okay. he uh, sent to me to ask you guys because he watches your show all the time. Um, I don't really get the chance to as much, but he's he, this one's for Blonde or Rebecca. Sorry, I keep calling you Blonde. Oh, it's fine. Uh, Either's fine. He says, uh, "Are you a natural blonde or is your whole persona a lie?" <laughs> okay, so I am a natural blonde but I enhance my level of blondness. So for people that know about hair, I'm a natural seven and I lift to a nine. People can see what my natural hair color was when I was pregnant. Um, that is the only part of my persona that is something of a lie. My <laughs> aggressive personality, my abrasive personality, that's all real. Yeah. Uh, yeah, screw you, Chris. Well, uh, the thing you said about like the number or whatever, no women watch the show. So that's not going to make sense. No to women watch the <laughs> show. No we women. even I have think... female viewers. Yeah, we I, have like five from time dedicated. to time. <laughs> you know how it'll, it'll tell you your percentage like yeah. of male to female? Yeah. For the first time ever, like probably the past three months straight, it's been 100% males. I've Seriously? never seen that in my life. Never seen it in my life. Yeah. Because wow. at least before that, it was like two to 3% female. Yeah. All wow. men, all men for the last three months have been watching my channel. So wow, maybe we can send some chicks over from from the podcast. Well, you surely have some gay men watching this that are familiar. Yeah, that, with I guess of that, I suppose that would count, right? Right, and some <laughs> men that are trying to cover their grays that are straight. So I bet somebody <laughs> out there will understand. 
All right, what's Skag's question? How, I don't know how reliable that information is, but anyway, yeah. So for uh, for Matt, we have this one's a better question. I feel like he says, okay. <laughs> I, well, he listed he listed like a whole bunch of questions. So I'm just picking the one I think is best for the scenario. Oh, okay. So he says, um, he says you've mentioned that you are leaning more and more towards Christianity. Are you there yet, or what are the sticking points for you at the moment? Oh man, um, it's been an interesting uh, journey. I don't know if it's toward faith, but curious about faith. If you listen to particularly our, our Wednesday streams, which are much more of a, it's a call in show that's just more freestyled with our audience. Uh, that's where this topic tends to come up a lot more um, because over time, uh, I, I've never been a, a, a religious person in my upbringing. I've never been a person of faith, but I do believe, um, especially in, in more recent years, in an objective moral framework that exists in the world. Um, there are, there is right and wrong. It's not just because people say it's right or wrong that makes right or wrong things right or wrong. There's, there's some framework there. What gave, what created, um, that natural law by which the world operates? That's, that's, what's really right. interesting to me. And I don't have answers to those questions, but I would, I would love to find out or do my best to find out. And that's been what's pushing me toward, a lot more curiosity about um, traditional faith, about religion in general. And our audience has been, you know, trying to uh, get me to consider different ideas along the way. I wouldn't say that I'm Christian currently. I wouldn't say that I'm any particular faith currently. Um, but I would say that I'm I'm trending toward a belief of in some sort of origin for the order in the world. I don't know what that is exactly yet, but I'm not I'm absolutely not an atheist um, I probably would have called myself formerly an agnostic, um, as in those questions are kind of unanswerable and maybe they are like, I don't know that I've changed my opinion on that, but I'm, I'm actively searching for the answers to those questions. So trajectory toward traditional faith, but I wouldn't apply those labels to me just yet. Hmm. Okay. Um, um as far I, as the, oh, you asked about the sticking points real, real quick. Right. Yeah, what, yeah. what, what's difficult in me making that connection? What is the I struggle to make the connection between the natural law that I believe is observable in the world and say the specific teachings of the Bible or of Jesus mm -hmm. Christ or any particular faith the, the what connects those two things? That's what I've been trying to find. And I, I, I don't have the answer yet. I think you and I are very similar in that. Like anyone, anyone who watches the show, um, will tell you that I've said multiple times to people, cause of course religion comes up all the time, whether I'm interviewing mm -hmm. an atheist or someone who is very Christian, we, we always tend to talk about Christianity somewhat. And I always say that I consider myself a Christian. Like I, I enjoy going to church. I don't get to go every weekend, unfortunately, cause I do work on Sundays, but, um, I, I've gone to Christian schooling since well, from sixth grade through my sophomore year of college, I'm now at a, at a community college, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's the, uh, I, I always found it difficult to subscribe to like the walking on water and the feeding the 5,000 stories, but mm -hmm. I, and I even call, called myself an agnostic for most of that Christian, uh, schooling, mm. but I, I'm right where you are. Like I'm trying, it's more like the objective morality sort of like, I need a place like Christian Christianity seems the best for that. Like, I feel like Christian nations are probably better off or would be better off than one that's not uh, right. Like I know who I religion. want as my neighbors. Right. Exactly. But yeah. Yeah. So, yeah so, I, I think I agree with you there. Yeah. But I'm like, yeah, I consider myself a Christian, but yeah, I'm, I'm at the same spot. I'm trying to figure out 
I'm trying. I'm trying to subscribe to that belief somehow. I'm trying to make it make sense, you know. Yeah, and I'm trying to so. trying to base that in an observation of the natural world, and I think you can really get there. There's another component of it to me that's just watching the absolute moral degeneracy um, of our. I think our culture overall, but in my view, at least particularly on the political left, that it's like, okay, I, I don't know. I don't know what's absolutely true about the world, but this vision where all traditional. Um, senses of morality are out the window and we're just going to act like men are women and women are men and the family yeah. doesn't matter and we're going to throw this out the window. I, I can't have anything to do with that. A lot of it has been, I know it's not sa- super satisfying for an explanation, but a lot of it for me has been just a rejection of what I'm watching. Like, I don't know what's true, but it ain't that. That is not true. I'm not doing any of that. It's got to be something else. Well, whatever gets you there. Yeah. Blonde, are you Christian? I am. I'm a, I was baptized Catholic and I've kind of come back to the church over the last three years or so. Um, I'm still a bit of a lapsed Catholic, but I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> okay. I'm not sure like which uh, denomination, like if I get a choice, like which one I want. Cause like I, I see good arguments from like Orthodox people like Jay Dyer, mm-hmm. uh, that kind of crowd seems to be pretty cool. But I mean, I went to Catholic school from six to six to 12 wasn't the biggest fan of what I was learning there, but I will say that once I got into college and I started to understand, like, like Matt was just mentioning, like sort of the world's degeneracy, particularly on the left wing, I started to think back to my high school teachers and was like, wow, he was really right about homosexuality or or transgenderism. Whereas like back then I was willing to give my chance. I was like, it's not, it's not really fair to believe this. And then nowadays I'm like, you know, these teachers were actually right all along, you know? So it's well, like, you watch every slope get slipped. We talk about this on yeah. the show all the time. It's like, I was right there laughing at Rick Santorum five years ago. Oh, come on. Gay marriage is not going to lead to men marrying dogs. And, and, <laughs> well. and here, here we are. Like we're about a year off talking about man on dog marriage. Like that's, that's coming I know, up I know. very soon. And then we're looking at Gen Z TikTok <laughs> and we're like kids these days. Well, God. Gen Z, there's, Gen Z is really interesting because it seems like there's that next level of degeneracy, but there's also that uh, there's a lot of like traditional thought returning to Gen Z pushback Mm -hmm. on a lot of this stuff that I think is absent in our generation. Um, So I have, I have more faith in Gen Z than the millennials. I like we're screwed. We totally lost the plot, but Gen Z, they have some hope. I think so too. Yeah. Uh, I, I like that there's this dichotomy in Gen Z because the ones that are really, based although it's cringe to even say that but the ones that are really based they're really uh just laughing at people in their own generation that are doing all this non-binary nonsense and and just ridiculing them and there's there's a great power in uh ridicule and i think it's very effective so good for them yeah it's it's arguably the greatest weapon known to man (laughs) what what does any dictator any authoritarian fears uh being ridiculed probably more Mm -hmm. than uh than gunfire itself or or anything that uh, physically threatens them. Like if you're mocked and disrespected, you actually don't hold the power that you think you do. Right. That's why they had court jesters who were allowed to criticize the <laughs> king so that yeah. they would have the appearance that they would allow criticism, but it was in a controlled environment. <laughs> yeah. mm. Well, I'm part of, I'm part of Gen Z, but it's hard to kind of like, like, I don't want to make any, it's kind of hard to see where we are. I feel like, cause I think it also depends on like, if we're talking about personal experience to kind of get a, I guess, get the vibes from someone where they, where they are politically, it's like, yeah. that all depends on your environment, where where you're located. Um, I get the influence of social media and the media and all this stuff. So it's kind of hard to, hard for me to, to put together, but I, 
do think that there's a lot more hope in Gen Z than millennials, if I had to guess. Yeah. But I mean, we're not, we're only time will tell, but I mean, I'll say like my friends who went to public school all said like they were surprised at the amount of uh, right-leaning men specifically were, were in existence at these, at these public schools. And, and yeah, I think I agree with you. Like it's more, um, I agree with blonde where it's more of like a right-wingers and Gen Z are more of like a, they're clown pilled, I guess, which is also kind of cringe to say, but like, they're more like laughing at it all, you know, like they don't yeah. give a fuck. Like, yeah, but what else like are you supposed to do? To to end. Well, I think, oh. that, I think a lot of us recognize that like we're getting close or we're at the point where of no return, you know, we're past the point of no return almost, you right. know, it's like, so it's just laugh at it all, you know? Yeah. I think that that's really the only alternative at this point. Um, to maintain your to maintain your sanity is to maintain your sense of humor (sighs) but i feel bad for gen z i mean we grew up with this uh hopefulness that we were going to be handed a life if we tried to earn it i know people think that millennials are lazy and self-serving and to some degree we are but most people that i know they tried to do the responsible thing they went to college because their parents made them and then they Mm -hmm. they hit the workforce and they're like what you know that they're they're just they're they're not getting paid out for the work that they did uh and i think that that's unfair whereas gen z has more of a realistic perception about what the world is going to be and so they aren't they aren't putting in the same kind of commensurate effort which i think is good i mean i, I if i were in gen z would i would i be going to college and majoring in philosophy or whatever the fuck no i'd be a welder or something if i were a dude mm-hmm. what would you do right now skag um, if I wasn't doing this, well, I, I, I do frequently reference, um, I wish I had more skill with my hands. I wish I no, had, what if you were 18 right now? What would you, oh, like what, what, what would I do if I was uh, starting over? I mean, yeah. I value what I did because it, it brought me here and I love what I do now. Do I think that my experience is broadly applicable for most? Probably not. You know, it's like, uh, do we need some people going and getting the philosophy degrees that you're talking about? I suppose, but we have way too many. We've, we've saturated that market very deeply. And for most people, that's not going to be a viable career path. And so I, I would certainly, if I'm betting the odds, I would pick up a trade for sure. And there's a part of me, even though I love what I do. There's a part of me that wishes I did something like that. I'm I'm yeah. not good at building things, fixing things. I'm developing those skills now because I have interest l- later. But, you know, it's it, harder it, it, when if, you're older. If the real apocalypse <laughs> yeah. hits, you know, I'm going to be sitting there talking about the principles at stake and no one's going to care <laughs> while they're, you know, fixing <laughs> cars and building things. And I'll like I'm screwed in that situation. If, if shit really hits the fan, my mm. value um, to society is greatly diminished I, it's on me to make sure that I am able to provide value to myself and my family. And those are things that I didn't learn in school. I got to learn them on my own now. Yeah, and I'm trying to right. do my best at that. Do you think Gen Z is picking up practical skills in ways that we weren't? Well, I don't know, because when I talk to people, um, and I'm specifically going to mention people I've met online uh, through this little podcast I've started, because I, I don't really talk much about this with my IRL friends, but Anytime we talk about like working out or, or fight or combat or building or some sort of practical skill, right? They're always saying it in a, in a, they're always saying it in a way like you need to do this because one day you're going to need this stuff. Yeah. And, but like in a way of like, they're almost in like a, a fearful way for the future and not like, not like a way of it's fun or it's a hobby or it'll help you when you're an adult, but it's more like, 
you might get into like more and more street encounters as we go on. And they think, <laughs> they think violence is picking up in the United States, still like that. So it's like, mm. but I don't know. I'm getting this from older people too. Like, like millennials, like around your age, I think, how old are you guys? Uh, 33. I'm, uh, yeah. Okay. And so 22. Yeah. 24. 24 is more <laughs> okay, so, yeah, I get this from like, like from the age of 25 to like 35. Yeah. These are the people that tell me the, these things. So I'm not sure exactly, but I think we've also like created a world where everyone wants to be, I mean, everyone is on the internet already, but everyone wants to be everyone. I feel like a dream job is to be doing stuff on the internet because yeah. it's, it's somewhat easy, you know, like depending on how involved you are in it, if you're only it's doing true. a podcast once a week, it takes like practically no editing. Right. And uh, if you can make money, good for you. But if you're doing multiple videos a week and you're doing event coverage and that stuff, and maybe you're flying people out, maybe you're flying two people, maybe you're giving speeches, that takes a little bit more work. But still, I think a lot of people would rather try to get into that area than they would build up their, build up a family or start thinking about that thing at a young age, you know? So I don't know. <sighs> well, so I, It's a very weird thing. Yeah. And I think that's a little misguided. If, if I could, um, I'm saying that the, the, level of priorities you're talking about there, like trying to right. achieve sort of like internet stardom versus right. uh, building a family. That's one thing right. that if, if I could go back and talk to my 20 year old self, um, I would have taken relationships and family building a lot more seriously. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's a product of just getting older. But now that I, I see the value um, that family has provided me, I got married in the last year. My firstborn son is uh, about a month off now. So I'm, I'm right uh, on the cusp of some big things, but oh, you're at three weeks. This it's go time. Yeah, but but these uh, this experience is so much more rewarding than anything else in life, and that includes oh, yeah. what I do for a career, which I also place a high level of value on. But but at the end of the day, what is what's the value that my career provides me with, but for my ability to provide for my family? You know that that's the right. most important thing, and. When I was younger, um, I, I I don't know what I thought. Oh, I'll just uh, I'm gonna earn money and travel, or I'm gonna do all uh, you know. I'm gonna take cool vacations or something like that. That's that's not what's really important in life. And that's um, true. I mean, but in some ways, I'm I'm grateful for the societal collapse because it's allowed two slightly above average people that are relatively ordinary like you and I to emerge as <laughs> thought leaders, thought leaders. It's times are really crazy. screwed up. If the, times yeah. are tough for everybody, man. If, if this happened to us in, in, in an moral intellectual society or in the history of the United States, I, we never ever would have been put on the map. I suppose the there's that some we say. truth to that. Uh, if everybody else wasn't so retarded. So um, for that, I thank you. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, I don't know. It's, I feel like I'm seeing some sort of transition between people who, who are so career driven. Cause I think mm -hmm. most people are, you know, somewhat career driven. Like obviously everyone wants to have a decent life after they get out of college, you know? So, but like, I think, I think that we're seeing a transition between more people worrying about getting enough money to provide for their family and possibly even the next uh, generation of their family. Mm -hmm. um, if they're, if they're particularly well off and we're seeing a transition between that and people who are worried about the next 30 years of their lives because they have no clue where the country is headed or where uh, right. life on, life on the streets is headed, you know? So it's like, yeah, I don't know. We'll see, but we're wrapped. We're, we're coming to an end of our 30 minutes. So I guess my next, um, my last question would be, you guys are, you guys are pretty big content creators at this point. I mean, I just came across you guys recently, but you, you've got a pretty large following. What is in your best, 
I feel like it's hard for you to do this as people who have been used to this, but like, what is your best explanation of interacting with the people who follow you, I guess, like the things mm. they send you via email, discord, whatever, like, and I guess, I don't, I don't know how to word it, but like you get, you get a lot of interaction online, obviously. Right. Maybe yeah. From different groups of people. Yeah. Relatively. Um, yeah. How do you explain that? I guess. Cause like, like some what, what causes get, people to come to the show or what, uh, that and I guess like what what is most of your like base like in terms of um how cool are they I don't know are they annoying <laughs> or what do they send you things like what is that oh, no, experience I, like I I'm if there's anything um well the 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 community that has grown out of this show I am just as proud of as the show itself oh, totally. yeah. like these are things that blonde and i never foresaw when we just decided to do this show on a whim five years ago we didn't think like oh um people are going to meet each other and become friends or even in some circumstances get, get married married and, and we have an international meetup community and two people that just met on the show um had a set of twins and named them matt and rebecca also. yeah really so yeah, it's, wow. it's just wild. I, I I don't know. I never expected to have this kind of community. And so I'm really grateful and affectionate towards our audience. If I had to characterize them, I think that they're for the most part, cause I go to the meetings, uh, the meetups uh, when I can, they're just ordinary people like us that have become uh, disillusioned with their complete inability to discuss these things in polite society. And so this has become a cathartic, outlet for them and so yeah. they have feelings of friendship towards us and because of the life they've provided us we we definitely have feelings of friendship towards them so there's some some fans that i've just become dear friends with over the last few years doing doing meetups and hangouts and things like that and yeah there, i think that most people are like us there's a pretty there is a pretty wide range of viewpoints certainly everybody most people are what you would call i suppose right of center but there mm -hmm. are there's everybody from like um, purist anarcho capitalists to right. I don't know like uh, uh, people who dabble in uh, the fashy arts I suppose people who are people <laughs> are a little more authoritarian in their perspectives what? but mm -hmm. th that of course is very important to me the reason I started talking on the internet is because of a value for free speech and free expression mm -hmm. even with things that I uh, I think are totally backward wrong ideas they should they still should be discussed and I'm I'm proud yeah. to be a, an outlet for some of those discussions but if I had to if I had to characterize or assign one characteristic to kind of everybody who fits into the off uh, into the audience at least the ones i speak with by email or by chat or however we interact most of these people are ordinary people who in one way or another have been told to shut up like someone's yep. telling them to shut up their bosses their school is um maybe even their family we have we talk about a, a lot about where we get people uh, on our call-in show or in emails especially with the vaccine stuff family trying to pressure people to behave a certain way or think a certain way or face their their bridges burned so yeah i think you're exactly right it's just it's people who have these thoughts they're told to shut up by someone in their life and this is an outlet where they don't necessarily have to shut up or at least they can hear someone expressing the ideas that they're thinking and be reassured like okay i'm not totally not crazy, crazy. Yeah. i haven't lost my mind someone maybe it's the rest of society that has but that's that's yep. how i uh that's generally a summary of my interaction with the audience. That's what they That's all have spot in common. on. And I think they're all 
intellectually curious too. Yes. And I, I appreciate that. You know, above all, people have different different views about uh, government philosophy or, or faith or any of those things. But there's not a lot of people in our audience who are looking to shout someone else down. Yeah, Um, they want to talk about it. They want to figure it out. Maybe there'll be a jab or two like, you know, I mean, Blonde and I make fun of each other all the time or we make fun of audience makes fun of us. But nobody's legitimately trying to censor someone else's view or or stop Mm -hmm. them from having their say. I think that's exactly right. That's a good note to end on. All right. Well, that's a good thing, I guess. Um, uh, Where can people find you guys? The the best way to find all the the show material um, would be over on uh, the website. My website is uh, mattchristiansonmedia.com. You can find all the podcast material there um, and uh, as yep. well as links to all the places that the show is hosted because, of course, YouTube is what it is. Most of our communities on YouTube, but <laughs> who knows? This, the day of the axe might be tomorrow, as I'm sure <laughs> you're aware. So yep. that's the best place to f- – we we're on Rumble. That's doing well lately. Um, you know, we got mm-hmm. BitChute. We got uh, – we're on all the audio platforms if you're an audio podcast person. But uh, if you want to find the show – And then our individual show, channels. Um, right, yeah. We, we're the Matt and Blonde Show. You can find that on uh, on Matt's channel, Matt Christensen. I'm Blonde in the Belly of the Beast. Matt makes two videos a week. Um, I'm on a less uh, routine schedule. <laughs> Since I had a kid, I had not been making a lot of videos, but – I hope you guys check out the podcast. So. All right, well, yeah, I'll put all your links in the description. And Matt and Blonde, thank you for joining us. Thanks, Thanks for so much. Us.